South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. Stanley Johnson, MVP, Stanley Johnson. <laughs> Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are parts of the stadium scene.tv network. And yes, Stanley Johnson seems to be the NBA bubble MVP, or at least, well, maybe we dubbed him as such for the Raptors, but who knows? Anyways, we got a playoff matchup to uh, to preview, and joining me to do it, familiar voice, Mr. 416 Basketball himself, Jordan Kligman. What's going on, man? Uh, Jonas Valanciunas is in the play-in. He had a triple-double. What more could I ask for? Bro, I was just going to ask you about that. I was going to take you by surprise, but, you know, you segued me right in. Are you souped that, you know, Jonas is going to make his way into the playoffs, maybe? I think it's surprising that everyone has just moved on to the yeah, Blazers versus Lakers and are just forgetting about the Grizzlies. Yeah, the Grizzlies were bad in the bubble, but their backs weren't up against the wall until that final game, and then they, they won. Like, I think, I think the Grizzlies could win that first game. They have to win both, but... Like, I think the betting line is plus 200. I would bet on the Grizzlies to win that first game. The Blazers aren't, their back isn't against the wall in that first game. Right. So, you know, I I think the Blazers are probably a better team, but I don't know. I think the, I think the Grizzlies could surprise some people. Do you think they're the better team, or do you think right now they have a guy that's just firing on all cylinders in Dame? There's that. Um... I think with with Nurkic back too, that he was just so important for that Blazers team that they just really didn't have a capable big. Like Whiteside just wasn't good, even though he was putting up numbers. I think having him back is pretty big for them. I I I've, I think I picked them to miss the playoffs this year, though knowing that injury but i like if if the blazers advance past the grizzlies they're not doing anything to the lakers like no. people are like oh yeah that could be a competitive series i mean the lakers have lebron james and anthony davis like i what is like damian lillard like probably has to drop like 80 to like win win multiple games i would think so but you know people like to point to the fact that I, I want to say that the Lakers starting lineup uh, had the worst net rating out of all starting lineups in the bubble, any combination of them. I think there were over 1,800 combinations, maybe even more than that. But I think it's because they, they clinched that number one seed early and they probably weren't giving it their all. I would assume, knowing the, the history of LeBron versus the Raptors and how he handles the regular season and how he amps it up in the playoffs. That's probably the case. Yeah, I think the Lakers were terrible on both offense and defense or yeah. something. Um, I think they started good defensively, but I think it's the wheels started to fall off. Their team makes no sense, but like you have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. The star power translates always in the playoffs. Like, I, I don't like them to win the title because I just think the Clippers team is just complete, assuming everybody's locked in, that their team actually makes sense. But, like, 
I don't I don't see like how the Blazers uh, could give the Lakers problems and probably in, in that uh, second round too I didn't look up who they'd be playing but I'm a, I don't think anybody would really be giving them problems in the in the second round either no no and you know going back to the to the Grizzlies um, you mentioned Whiteside we've seen JV handle him before. We've seen this, and I'm not saying that the Grizzlies are definitely going to be the ones that are coming out of this, but I definitely wouldn't discount them either, right? And their backs are against the wall. Was it tomorrow, Saturday? We're recording this Friday night, so Saturday, 2.30, they're playing? That sounds about right. Yeah, against the Blazers, and they have to win both games. The Blazers only have to win one, so maybe the the Blazers, the Blazers go for the kill, go right for the throat and try to cap it right there. But given the fact that you're right, the Grizzlies have all the pressure on them. And, you know, I didn't suspect them to make it this far. I didn't think they'd be in the, in the advanced tournament. But give them props, man. I think they can do some damage. It would not surprise me if they won that first game. Also having a couple Canadians and Dylan Brooks and Brandon Clark. Mm. Dylan Brooks has kind of been bad since signing the extension, but in the last game he came through. Brandon Clark's been really good as a rookie for them. Um, I think their future is really bright, which which is a good thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, this is a team that, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but they definitely have a bright future, and uh, I like what I see. And as long as they keep wearing those uh, Vancouver Grizzlies jerseys, I, I have no complaints. I, I just love those. I think they're gorgeous. Yeah, my knockoff Valentunas one. Oh, yeah? Would you get a DH gate? Yeah. The there color's a little off, but I still <laughs> like it. No one notices, dude. You have to be, like, super up close. Um, if the, if the, To answer your question, it, assuming that the Thunder advance and they beat, uh, what is it, the the Rockets, right? Um, that's who would face the Lakers in round two. Um, I don't I don't see that being a threat really to the Lakers either. Yeah, that Thunder-Rockets series is interesting considering Westbrook could be missing games. Right. So uh, That should be a fun one. The whole thing is going to be fun, man. The, the whole, the whole the playoff tournament and how they're structuring it is, I, I really like it. I really like how things fell. Um, so let's, let's just start right off there. The Raptors are first round matchup against the Brooklyn Nets. They finish their bubble games. They're meaningless, really bubble eight seeding games with a record of seven and one with the only loss against Boston. They finished the season overall with a record of 53 and 19, which is pretty good. Um, they capped that off with a meaningless victory today over the Nuggets. I didn't really care about these past three games. We talked about this before the the, the show even started. Um, the, once they had that sealed, I think it was against the Grizzlies, they, they sealed it up. Um, everything from there was just sort of gravy. But heading into the Nets series, this seems like a little bit of deja vu. Obviously, we're going with the Fruck Brooklyn narrative all over again. What has you feeling confident we'll start there what have has you feeling confident with the Raptors heading into this playoff series against the Nets uh the Nets defense in this bubble um if you extrapolate it over the entire season they'd be the worst defensive team in the league so I I think people have brought up before that the Raptors offense struggles in the half court I don't think it's going to struggle in the half court against the Nets um and if you just look at the 
the Nets roster, you know, they're dealing with injuries and then guys just not playing. I don't think they have enough NBA talent in a rotation for a playoff series. Like, you need, like, eight or nine guys. I don't know. Maybe they have, like, six, mm. seven. They, they like, at the end of that uh, Blazers game, I think they should have won that game, but, like, Karis LeVert comes back in. They look gassed. Like, there was one play where, like, Jared Allen had, like, I don't know, I want to say, like, four offensive rebounds on the same play. They couldn't make anything. Right. Like, their guys are playing too many minutes. They don't have enough talent. Like, I I don't, I don't see how the Raptors have any problems with the Nets. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say that the, the thing that the, the Nets lack that gives me confidence heading into the series for the Raptors is uh, their lack of depth. They really don't have much. There's nothing really there that screams, oh, I, I'm, I'm scared if this guy comes off the bench or watch out for him. The only person that really concerns me, I know there's a lot of talk about Levert, but I don't know, Joe Harris's shooting sort of, I don't want to say scares me, but it definitely raises my eyebrows a bit. Um, I assume Freddie's going to end up picking him up, and if he can just play, I don't know, I don't want to say the the same type of defense he played with Curry because even though it was it was pretty good, I just don't know if it's going to call for it. Um, if if Fred can just stick to him, I just don't know that the Nets are going to have enough to really neutralize the Raptors. Yeah, Joe Harris is a great shooter. He's kind of like the only shooter I really worry about from deep on the Nets. Like, yeah. you just got to run him off the three point line, and I think I think we're good. Like. I love Karis LeVert, but, you know, he's still inefficient at and inconsistent at this stage of his career. I, I Like, if he's hitting open threes, I just don't think it will last for an entire series, whereas Joe Harris, he can probably get hot for an entire series if you leave him open. Yeah, yeah, it's... For me, it's when it comes to the Raptors on the Raptors' side... It's sort of the opposite effect when it comes to the Nets, right? The the Raptors do have a lot of depth, and I don't. I know we just you know teased about Stanley Johnson. I don't anticipate him getting any playoff minutes, but you know you factor in a Terrence Davis, you factor in obviously Serge and Norm off the bench. Um, I kind of think that's all you're going to need. The Raptors may be able to run eight consistently and and seal this. Maybe you can throw Boucher in there if you want to throw in some size and some some spreading the floor when it comes to the shooting. Uh, but other than that, I don't know that the Raptors are going to utilize a shit ton of bench guys. When we're up 20, with like <laughs> four minutes to go, I think we might see some bench guys. But the interesting thing for me is whether the Raptors experiment with like starting lineups and things because... I've been seeing and bringing up for a while that like Norman Powell's been awesome in the starting lineup. Off the bench, he really hasn't been shooting as well. I don't like I don't think they're going to put him in the starting lineup, but like they could in a series like this try it out and cuz we were we remember like during the year of the bench mob, Fred led that bench mob. He's what made it go. He can be great off the bench. Uh, as well as being great in the starting lineup. Like, I don't think it matters for him. For some reason, it matters for Norman Powell whether he starts or not. 
Yeah, I just don't know that Nurse wants to mess with that sort of consistency. Maybe against the Nets, if we're not taking, if the Raptors rather, if the team isn't necessarily taking this, I don't want to say not taking it seriously, but not viewing the Nets as a legitimate threat, which I imagine they probably do. They're never going to vocalize that. Um, maybe you do some experimentation, but if you're meeting Boston in the second round, which I again I assume that's going to happen too, um, for wh- why bother? Wouldn't you rather see the consistency heading into a series like against the Celtics, in which you're probably going to have a set starting five, or do you think in a series against the Celtics that maybe Nick Nurse would be fluid there as well? Well, I think there's going to be a lot of like creativity he's going to need to bring in against the Celtics because the way I see it right now that series could be a coin flip like it could go oh, either yeah. way yeah and I think he's going to go into his bag of tricks and start trying things because I remember like last year in the playoffs there were games where we just weren't getting production out of our bench like Norman Powell and Serge Ibaka really weren't doing much and it worries me that that could happen again like I like I like those players I like our depth, but like there's just times where they just don't produce and you got to figure out a way to maximize everybody. And I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but could be, it could be time to try things. Like if we're up three zero on the nets, that uh, game four could play with things. So what you're saying is Matt Thomas might get another starting look like he did today. (laughs) (laughs) I see. I, I think Matt Thomas could drop a lot of points on the Nets just because they don't defend. But at the same time, I he's the one guy that worries me in this matchup because it could be – I feel like it could be like trading baskets when he's on the floor because like he can't defend anybody. Mm. And the Nets have been really good offensively in this bubble that – yeah, like it would it surprise me if like Matt Thomas makes like four threes in a playoff game against the Nets? No. Like he could he could make more than that, but like he could also give that up. So he he's the one guy where it's like it might might just not give us the edge uh against them particularly. I don't even think he's going to get significant minutes. <laughs> I think if anything he'll be part of that that uh, that He's roster. He's getting the Patrick McCaw playoff minutes, though. Is he? You think so? I, I'm asking who. Oh, somebody, somebody. TD. Right? Somebody's gonna slip in and be like, "What's going on here?" It'll be Davis. Yeah, I think Davis. Davis is, Davis is good, though. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right, so it's got to be someone kind of bad. Maybe it's Paul Watson. Maybe, like, the, maybe it's Stanley Johnson oh. now. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, you know, after these past two performances, maybe Stanley Johnson has moved up to Patrick Picard's status in Nick Nurse's heart. It'd be funny just like just to see like if teams have like game planned for him. <laughs> <laughs> just like with the net he comes in against the Nets and they're just like, Oh my god, what do we do? You know what would be the most nurse thing is if Malcolm Miller because it, it, when he does come in, he has maybe a, a half a second flash of, okay, there's there's something there until he really starts shooting a lot and then it's just not there anymore, even though he dropped 10 today. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just think that when it comes to the death, I know we're, we're teasing Matt Thomas and Stanley Johnson, me just right now, Malcolm Miller, but I, I just, this team has so much depth and so much ability to just, like you said, with Nick Nurse and his bag of tricks, 
Um, I just don't know that the Nets are stacked for that. I don't know that they're built for that right now. Next year, maybe. It depends on the chemistry with Kyrie and KD, and I'm low-key kind of scared about it. But as of right now, I, I just can't see this being something that the Raptors are going into and really... I don't know. I just, I don't, again, I don't want to say not taking seriously, but not viewing them as a legitimate threat. This is going to be very reminiscent to last year's playoff matchup against Orlando, I think, in the first round. Well, the Magic could somewhat play defense. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I don't think their offense was good, but like they could kind of like slow things down and really put, like, like really gunk up what we were trying to do. But, um, with the with the the Raptors guys who I think could do really well are like some of our like two really good two way guys like OG Ananobi I think like he could be really good in this series just because um, he's better defensively than he is offensively and then the Nets don't play defense so he could just be nailing corner threes and just like dancing all over the Nets and then I think Marcus Sol could do very well also. Um, I see a lot of these games where, like, Jared Allen's putting up numbers, but then, like, defensively, he's not doing anything. So, like, it, I don't know. Like, people are pumping up this Marcus Marcus prime skinny hmm. narrative. That's not there. But this could be a series, I don't know, where, where Marcus is putting up double-digit points, like, every game. Let's uh, let's go on the flip side, though. So when you examine the matchup, we've just given the Raptors uh, a boatload, pretty much Raptors fans listening, a boatload of confidence now. Let's look on the other side. Is there anything that gives you pause for concern for the Raptors in round one? Now, I don't necessarily mean that you, you think that they have a chance to lose because judging by this conversation and knowing you, I don't think you think they're going to lose this matchup at all, this series rather. Um, but is there any sort of weakness or, or anything that raises your eyebrows when it comes to the Raptors against the Nets specifically? Against the Nets specifically? I don't think so. But things that concern me in general, I think in the bubble, we're like, we have the most turnovers, like tied with the Pelicans, 17.9 turnovers per game. Yep. And then we also have like the least amount of like shot attempts. Um, I expect that to change against the Nets because, again, they're terrible defensively. But it's, I don't know, it's its something to be worried about going forward in these playoffs that, um, you know, offensively we need to take care of the ball better and we need to figure out how to how to play when our defense isn't elite because I don't think our, our defense is elite and has been elite in this bubble, but... In the playoffs, you got to elevate to the next level, and I don't think there's going to be every single game where our defense is clicking, because from what I've seen this season, our defense is often fueling our off offense, mm. and when the defense isn't at that elite level, how is our offense working when it's not moving in transition as well? Because we're not getting we're not getting turnover we're not stealing the ball and getting turnovers, um, and creating the fast break. So that's because. And you brought up Joe Harris, like, yeah, if we don't close out on him, I guess he's a guy on the Nets that could could do some damage. And then Karis LeVert, who I've always loved, I compare him to Tracy McGrady. He's not there yet, but like he's he's like a baby T Mac. <laughs> I love it. I don't disagree with you there. I, I think that eventually he can be. 
somewhat of a, a I don't want to say a nightmare, but he can definitely be a, a very above average player. But I think you nailed it, dude. I think you nailed it with the turnovers. That was my biggest concern. In fact, they have had 141 turnovers in the bubble alone. 141. That is really, really bad. Um, they seem to have lost the ability to move the ball smoothly before the pandemic hit. You saw the the crisp ball movement and the you know making the extra pass for the open shot. It's there in spurts within these eight games, but it hasn't been consistent. And there's been a lot of lackadaisical or off target or just thrown away passes that really have made me pause a little bit and say this I'm not necessarily buying that this is a result of a lack of chemistry um, from being away from each other for for so long I, I just think they're trying to do too much when they don't necessarily have to because as you mentioned they can maybe ride in their defense to thrive here especially against the Nets and they don't necessarily have to be that fancy on offense to win this game so as long as they're not turning the ball over a ton, I don't have the the stat when it comes to how many points were scored off of turnovers and overall. But as long as they don't turn the ball over a lot, I'm not necessarily worried. But in I think you were alluding to this too. Heading into other matchups, like especially against the Boston Celtics, that's got to be minimized. They have to have fewer to- turnovers because if they don't, they're they're screwed. Yeah, I think one of the downsides to the Raptors offense we play this kind of like share the wealth offense and we're passing more and the more you pass the more turnovers you're gonna have and i think that's just the downside to it the upside to it is like the other team has to guard everybody but like last year um we saw like Kawhi for the first two rounds like kind of shoulder all the offense and like when the ball's always in his hands it's Hard to commit turnovers. Right, right. And there's no one, as as far as I can see, there's no one on that team, on the team right now, that can be that killer. And that's not to say that the Raptors are lacking anything. I know Raptors fans listening to this are probably going to, you know, get their pitchforks out. But I don't necessarily think the Raptors right here have a legit closer or a guy that can... Uh, necessarily turn the series around on his own on a consistent basis. I think they have multiple players that can do that in short spurts, and they have multiple players that they can maybe rely on to get that big bucket, i.e. a Fred Van Vliet right now, or maybe even a Kyle Lowry. Um, maybe even an OG. It depends. I, I like what I've seen. I don't necessarily... I, I haven't been super confident in what Siakam has given me in games that, quote-unquote, have mattered in the bubble um you know the final what three four games he's he's had these confidence building games which i appreciate but for the first four minus the lakers game he had a pretty good outing against the lakers but other than that i haven't seen that same you know starting all-star caliber player that we've seen before the pandemic hit yeah i think you know to really make like a deep title run you probably need a guy that can drop like 30 plus for like five straight games. And Mm. I don't know if the Raptors have that. I think Siakam has the potential to do it. But as you mentioned, not very good in the the bubble games that mattered. And it's just, it's all about like consistency. And I like, I just see like guys stepping a different guy stepping up like on a nightly basis, but it's never like one guy just like every night doing it. And in the playoffs, like, you kind of need that guy once things get, like, really competitive and you're against a great team. 
Um, so that's a concern for me. But like then I also look at the, someone like the Celtics. I feel like they don't have that guy either. So, I mean, Tatum can be that guy. He's he, the closest one they have, I feel. I think like there are a lot of people that think Tatum is the superstar, and he did it for like a month and a half. But was it like the first game of the the bubble or something? He was yeah. terrible or terrible. something. Yeah. And then the next game he was great. And I think we're gonna see a lot of that. Where there's a lot of this, a lot of this inconsistency where he'll have a bad shooting night, and then the next night he'll be awesome. I think he he's kind of like Siakam, where they're both just not at that next level of just like consistency and dominance on a nightly basis that you can count on to carry you. Yeah, I, I think that, what do you shoot, one for 11 or thereabouts in, in the first game? He was just terrible. Um, and obviously I was ragging on all the Celtics fans here about it, and then I ate my words. But um, maybe, I, I do think he has the potential to be a legitimate threat. Maybe you're right. Maybe it like a consistent threat night in, night out, especially in these playoff games. Maybe he just doesn't have it. Um, the Raptors, I think, certainly have uh, a lot more prominent playoff experience, and they have, they've had a lot more influence based on the Kawhi factor alone, and I don't like to overhype that, but I don't think it's nothing. Um, the, the Celtics, on the other hand, they don't really have that, right? If they make it to the second... How many times have they make it, made it to the Eastern Conference Finals? Just two times under Brad Stevens, right? Something like that, but uh, Brad. I always like to bring up Brad Stevens is under five hundred in the playoffs. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> he just got an extension though, and I, I, I don't know. Whatever, that's a sidetrack. We'll talk about that in a bit, but um, yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I, I do think that the Celtics and the Raptors match up well together, but maybe that you're right. Maybe they don't have that legitimate closer or that big threat similar to the Raptors. And again, that's not taking anything away from the Raptors, but I do think the advantage the Raptors have over a team like Boston is like I already mentioned, they have multiple pieces that can do that incrementally, right? They have multiple people that you can not shoulder the load for, but maybe draw up a play or two for that would keep the opposition guessing. Whereas for the Celtics, I think it's mostly 90% of the time they're going to put the ball in Jason uh, Tatum's hand and see what he can do to really close out a game. No Daniel Tice corner threes. <laughs> that that was crazy. That's true. You never know. Maybe. Maybe Brad Stevens <laughs> is going to be crafty like that. I don't know. Um, I do say, I, I, I put this on Twitter going back to Brad. Um, look, I don't care about the extension, whatever. I, I get continuity is a valuable thing. I just don't know that he's earned it. Really, what has he done? I just don't see him as a as a coach that is capable of bringing a team to a championship. I, I don't know that he necessarily has control of the locker room as evident from last season, but maybe that's just because Kyrie is just crazy. But I, I just don't see anything noteworthy from Brad Stevens, and everybody likes to talk him up as this fantastic coach. And maybe this is my Celtics bias, or rather the, the bias against the Celtics, bleeding in here, but I just have never seen it from him. I think... Brad Stevens is a top 10 coach in the league. I think a lot of people think he's a lot better than that. I don't know. I think he's very good at getting his teams locked in late in games. And I think, was it, how many years ago was it against Philly? Just Philly just like blew things like late in games. Mm. And like the Celtics were just locked in on that. And they 
there's like all these real close games that they just somehow pulled out of their ass and stole. Um, I don't know if that's good Brad Stevens or bad Brett Brown, but <laughs> that's uh, that's something. Was that um, the series they lost against the Cavs in seven? The, the following series? Probably. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, yeah. I just don't see it. I, I Whatever. I, I just find him to be very vanilla and very he's a fantastic college coach but when it comes to the nba level i just whatever it, he's not on my favorite team so i don't really care but all right so given the matchup you've already mentioned guys like og and casal against the nets and how they can maybe have solid outings uh, on a consistent basis does anybody else really uh pop out to you for the raptors that you can envision them being pretty noteworthy throughout this series lowry you think so? Eh, I, who are they going to have guarding Lowry? I would say I Levert, no? I could... I guess. Yeah, I guess. I don't... I, I honestly don't know what the Nets are going to try to do. Um, yeah, they are using kind of Karras as their point guard, but... And Karras is pretty big. I think he's like six six or six seven yeah so i i guess you know lowry has had trouble with size in the past but somehow i just don't i i, I think i don't think lowry's gonna have monster games every game but i think there's gonna be like one or two games where like oh you should have voted for him for all nba <laughs> like because um i somehow don't think lowry i don't think people voted him which they they should have but for that third team, and he's he's gonna have games um, that are that are pretty. Big. I, I Fred Fred could like it literally like any of our players could just go off in a given night against against the Nets because just the Nets again are so bad defensively. Any anybody could just drop twenty easily. Yeah, yeah, I I think that you know if Kyle is being guarded by Karras, I don't think that's necessarily going to neutralize him, but I do think it might limit him a little bit. Whereas Fred, if he's guarded by Harris, I think Fred can do some damage. I think Fred would probably be the guy I'm keeping my eye on outside of OG uh, and Gasol, and to a lesser degree, Ibaka, depending on what he can do off the bench. I think this is a series in which he can sort of clean it up because he hasn't been really that great. This this bubble, these bubble games, these eight games, he hasn't, well, the ones that he's played. He hasn't really been that great, and I'm not necessarily worried about the quote-unquote injury concerns. I, I think it's just legitimate rest issues. Um, he has an opportunity to really break out. He has an opportunity to shake some, some things off and thrive, especially preparing for uh, what we think to be a Boston's round two series. So... I'm specifically looking at Fred, and I'm keeping an eye on Serge just to see if he's able to get the monkey off his back. Yeah, Serge is interesting because he shoots well. I just don't enjoy watching him play basketball. He's like the one player on the team that I just feel like when the ball goes in his hands, it just kind of kills our offense. And then defensively, he's not really the same player anymore he once Mm. was. Like... He used, I think when he first got here, he was pretty good defensively, still not his elite level. But I think when he picked his moments defensively in the playoffs last year, he was really good. But it was like moments. It wasn't consistency. And then this year, like, 
I just felt like the defense really wasn't there with him. I, I, I loved when the Raptors traded for him. I loved the trade, but like he's he decent, like, but like he's just not a fun watch for me. He's been passing up a lot of shots or second guessing. That's been the most frustrating thing that I've noticed during these bubble games is when he gets a wide open look, oftentimes he'll look to make that extra pass when it's not necessary and then he'll put up the shot. And at that point, it's a little too late. His rhythm is a little skewed. Um, he's not picking it up off the dribble. He's just, he looks discombobulated. Um, and you're right, especially defensively when it comes to rebounding. He's not crashing the boards as much as he used to. I don't know if this is him just saving his energy. I hate qualifying that for everything, but this team hasn't been shy about their attitude towards practice games and their attitude towards the playoffs meaning something a little bit more than the regular season. Um I don't know. I, I just hope it's a matter of that. That's a lot to really hang your hat on and to hope for. Um, it's probably not the case, but at the same time, we've seen what he's capable of doing. I just hope that he's just being a little reserved for these games and really amps it up in the come playoff time. Yeah, like he, what was it? Was it the one of the Philly games last year where he made like this great play or whatever that kind of helped us to win? Yeah. So, like, I think there's going to be moments like that with him, but it's I need that con- I need that consistent defensive effort. Um, he's he's decent. He like he's not bad, but like, there's players on this team I just like watching better. Yeah, I mean, you could do worse off the bench for a center. Yeah, he's he's good and he's gonna get paid this summer. Somebody's yeah. gonna pay him. If it's yeah. not us, it's gonna be somebody else. All right. Well, that being said, with the uh, the positives and negatives out of the way, uh, we can we can put a bow on it here. What do you think, Raptors? Uh, we're notorious for those game one woes, right? Even though we sort of what do we win against Philly in game one last year or Milwaukee? I think so. All right. So we we definitely Philly. have uh, eliminated that ghost in a way. But remember last year, round one, when we, you know, we went over the playoffs against Orlando, you were on the show. They lost game one, and Kyle put up a big old goose egg. So do you anticipate a game one uh, fiasco again? And if not, or if so, how many uh, until the Raptors take this series? What do you got? I think it's going to be a fiasco for the net- Nets. I think it's going to okay. be, it's going to go, things are going to go real bad, real fast. I think so, I think it might even be like this is like by the end of the series. Oh, they should have had the Wizards in the playoffs instead. <laughs> I think that could come out. That's ridiculous to say, but I think people are just going to see how exposed this Nets team is going to be. Like um, I was I was looking, and I think over the bubble, people were like, "Oh yeah, look how great they've been." And I think their plus minus is like zero for the mm. bubble. So it's like, yeah, they, they haven't been bad, like because the, their offense is has been really good. But again, like the, the defense is kind of bringing them back down. And I, I think, I think this series is just going to get, the Nets are going to get smoked. And I have never predicted the Raptors to sweep a team before. I think we're sweeping the Nets. Yeah, dude, I agree. I agree. And I'm surprised by how many people are saying this is in five because of the game one ghost. 
I don't see it. I'm really confident walking into this. And now, look, I'm I'm saying it out loud. That means we're gonna we're gonna lose game one, obviously, because it's on air right now. But I am so confident that they can sweep this series that it's not even. It's gonna be minimal effort at best. I I just don't see like a path to the Nets like even winning a game. I I don't know what the formula is like like. As you mentioned, they don't have enough guys. Mm. Like, I'm not saying that the like some of their guys aren't good. Like, I love Karis LeVert. Jared Allen's good. Joe Harris is good. Like, they they have players. Like, like Garrett Temple's an NBA player. Like, I TLC is an NBA player. Like, I don't know what what to say. Like, they yeah. <laughs> I, it's just not gonna happen for like I'm not saying this because like they're playing the Raptors. Like I wanted to play the Nets. Like maybe the Magic could have taken one game off of us because like defensively they can maybe do something. But like it's it's just not the Nets. Just are bad. It's just not gonna happen. They don't have enough players. I agree. I agree. I I just don't see how this is going to be. Uh, something that the Raptors are going to have to sweat. I don't see how this is going to be anything that Raptors fans are going to have to hang onto their chairs and white knuckle it about. I, I'm just, I'm not seeing it. So I'm going to say, I'm going to agree with you, man. Raptors in four for sure. Um, and, and look, I think this is the reason why primarily the NBA has scheduled the Raptors and Nets primarily uh, at one o'clock games, at least for the first two. Um, it's because I think they realize this is going to be a boring season or series rather. And it, I think even when it comes to the, the schedule makers, they're probably thinking to themselves, there's no way the Raptors are going to cough this up. And, and moreover, there's not going to be much people outside of Toronto that have interest in this series. In fact, I, maybe with the exception of diehard Nets fans, all five of them, I don't see how people that are Brooklyn Nets fans are taking this and thinking they have a legitimate shot. Yeah, I think... Uh, ESPN strategically put their second game of the series game six because they know it's not going six. Yeah. They're like, we don't have to show it. We just have to show game one. That's it. <laughs> um, but I, there was, I think it, someone mentioned on Twitter, someone on the Locked On Bucks podcast picked like the Nets to beat us in six, which is what? hilarious to me. Um, was that a troll job? I don't know. I didn't listen to it, but like it sounded like, like, I don't know. They're probably just watching like a bubble game or something, and they're saying like, "Oh yeah, the, the, the Nets, the Nets are doing things in this bubble." <laughs> and it, like, I think people get caught up by that. Like, what what Damian Lillard is doing for the Blazers, people get caught up by that, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Erica, it's going to be a competitive series against the Lakers." Like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> You're getting caught up like this small sample size of of eight games. Yeah, they're like. I want to like brag about how the Raptors are seven and one, but like, it's hard to do. Like, like I, especially after the Grizzlies game, it's hard to do. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, uh, and like I'm sure people are gonna be pointing back to the Celtics game, and the, that game's gonna come up a lot. Um, the further we get in our series against the Nets, people are looking forward to the Raptors potential Celtics matchup and be like, they'll be like, Oh, they had, they did nothing against the Celtics. It was horror. It was one of the worst, their worst games of the season. It's going to happen again. And 
I I really hope like the Raptors like purposely didn't show anything in that game. That's why they got blown out. Like Nurse is like, yeah, we know this series is coming. I don't want to give them anything, anything on tape they can look at. Yeah, I, a lot of people, you know, were hoping on the same sort of narrative that Nurse is keeping things close to the vest. I'm not sure I'm there, and I mentioned this on the last show. I'm not sure that I'm I'm really buying into that. I, I by no means think that the Celtics are a better overall team than the Raptors. Maybe they are. I, I mean, I, I think a playoff series would uh, at least show that in, in a way. It wouldn't prove it necessarily, but it would certainly allude to it um, either way. But I don't know. I just think when I look at the performances, a lot of the shots weren't falling. A lot of shots weren't falling. And I don't know that that's a scheming thing. I think that's an execution thing. And if those shots were falling, we're probably looking at a Raptors win. And I don't know that people would still be peddling the same, oh, maybe Nurse is keeping things close, even though we won kind of thing. To me, that's just sort of digging for excuses. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's a there's a difference between like losing with dignity and then losing like that. Yeah. Like I just like something like I don't know. Like, like if if that's just how we play and like we were going full full tilt to win that, like that would concern me a little bit. Um, of course, it's one game. You don't want to read too much into that, um, but. Oh, like I that that that's probably our worst loss of the season, right? I would say so. Yes. Yeah, like maybe that or Christmas Day. Same team. That <laughs> that, that I want to say. Oh no, yeah. We did we come back in that game and like still lose or something? Oh yeah, no, we did not come back at all. We were, oh. we were trailing bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember. It's been like it feels like years ago since no. that happened. It was bad. It was it was a bad loss because Raptors fans were all hyped to have them on Christmas Day, and that was the display. And then two days later, or three days later, rather, we beat the Celtics in Boston. Pretty bad. Oh uh, yeah. So, whatevs. I think Siakam didn't play that Christmas Day game, so we can we can. Yeah, well, I, I remember. Like, yeah, that's what people were using for excuses. They were missing players, like, like uh, Gasol. Yeah, I remember that people are quoting how many games everyone missed and it's like yeah the raptors we had all these injuries and whatever i don't want to lean on lean on those excuses well regardless we got you and i are in agreement we're taking this in four um i don't think it's going to be that much of a series uh you know hence why it's at a one o'clock start time for the first two and i think a four four thirty start time for friday whatever um Mark it on your calendars. Probably by the end of Sunday night, the Raptors are going to be moving on to round two. Um, you, as, as a, you know, not a Celtics fan, even though they're playing the 76ers, I'm pulling for the Celtics just so I can see that playoff matchup. By no means do I want the 76ers to somehow pull it out of their ass and beat the Celtics in round one. I do not want that. Not because I don't think the Raptors can beat the 76ers. Of course I do. But I just, it's time. It's time that we see a Raptors-Celtics playoff matchup. So, Here's hoping to that. And, you know, to, to finish this off, you sort of alluded to it, but I kind of want to get something concrete. You think the Grizzlies will lose to the Blazers, but you think it's going to happen in two? Do I got that right? I mean, it, only, it would only happen in one, right? If the Blazers wins tomorrow. So you think the Grizzlies are going to take tomorrow, but they'll lose the next one? 
Yeah, I, I think the Grizzlies can sneak that game one. I'm going with that. Beyond that, I don't really want to say anything. I don't want to. People are gonna come come back at me and be like, ah, oh, ha ha ha, like all this stuff. And um, I, if I was gonna bet, I wouldn't bet on the the Grizzlies to win both of those. I think that's just that's hard. Mm. But um, you think they'll win one tomorrow? I I I wouldn't be surprised. I I think. Like, just having your back against the wall gives you an advantage. All right. All right. So there you go. They, Jordan said that the Grizzlies are going to make it all the way to the NBA Finals. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but how, what, what a story that would be, right, if it was Raptors-Grizzlies NBA Finals. As unlikely as that is, how crazy would that be? <laughs> you can't even my, buy it. My brain is breaking. <laughs> so I'm just I'm trying to figure out how it happens. Like I have enough trouble figuring out how the Raptors get to the finals, and <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how the Grizzlies would do it. And I'm just like, oh yeah, Valanciunas would destroy Anthony Davis. That's happening. Yeah, it would probably have to be the Raptors beat. I mean, sorry, the the Grizzlies beat the Lakers. And then it would be Clippers would end up facing the Blazers, I think, right? So it'd be no, it would be Thunder, maybe. I don't know, but it would be, it would be a hurdle. I, I don't see the Grizzlies doing it, but hey, Cinderella story happens, so whatever. But anyways, that's gonna do it for today's show. Jordan, I appreciate you coming on. It's been too long. I'm glad you were able to do it. Tell people where they can find you on Twitter so they can give you all the JV love, man. Um. Yeah, throw, keep throwing the hate at me at 416 Baswell on Twitter. Um, fuck Brooklyn. Let's go. Let's do it. Let, let's take this whole thing in four easy sweeps so we don't have to worry about it and prepare ourselves for Boston. But uh, again, man, I appreciate you coming on. We'll do this again soon and take it easy. Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Raptors.